Well, and welcome to the Powered by Rock podcast, where I'm going to be speaking with Rob Russian, who is the co-founder of the nonprofit charity Punk Rock Saves Lives. Rob is on a mission to help communities across the U.S. and world deal with mental health, find ways to save lives through people getting involved in donating bone marrow, and so much more. The organization truly is about saving lives in space within the punk rock music scene that is one of the closest communities in the world. We'll find out more about this awesome organization right after this. You're listening to the Powered by Rock podcast with your host, Isaac Kuhlman. The Powered by Rock podcast was created to help showcase some of the best rock musicians in the world and to pass on to future generations the rock music that has inspired rock fans around the world for decades. We want listeners to be able to hear great stories and life experiences directly from their favorite artists, as well as dig deeper into music theory and talk rock like no other show you've ever heard. This isn't about looking cool. It's about getting real and having a great time. Without further ado, let's start the show. Awesome. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Powered by Rock podcast. I'm absolutely stoked to have Rob Rushing on the show today because I've been following his organization, Punk Rock Saves Lives, for a while now, and he really shows he's actively trying to help people through events and getting out into the community. Oh, and Rob and I are actually putting together an awesome charity golf tournament in Las Vegas in April that we will be discussing a bit more as well. So, hey, Rob, welcome to the show. Thanks. Good to have you here. So, yeah, let's get into some things. Yeah. yeah, before we dig into too much, I just want to get like your backstory and, and really talk about how you got involved with the punk community, music scene. I know you play music and you've done some things in the past with bands and stuff like that. Uh, but let's dig into that journey and just how did that all come to the evolution of you kind of starting the, the Punk Rock Saves Lives charity? I, I've, I've told it a few times now, so I've got it down to a kind of a synopsis. I, uh, <laughs> I've been I, I can't remember a time that I didn't love music growing up. Um, and my parents played a lot of records and stuff like that. But it was obviously I'm a I'm a kid of the 70s and 80s. So it was a lot of uh, Fleetwood Mac, uh, Jimmy Buffett, uh, Willie Nelson, stuff okay. like that. And although I loved their music as, you know, I was looking for mine. And, yep. you know, it started, um, you know, I hit I hit high school and everything kind of coinciding with MTV when, mm -hmm. you know, so everything exploded and you had, you know, the cross mix there of the, the punk rock and the new wave and the visuals. And you saw so much going on with, you know, and MTV was looking for anything to play when they started. So yeah, <laughs> they really were great to play a lot of stuff that no normal America would have never gotten. Um, a lot of things like, you know, believe it or not, Duran Duran, and um, they were different. They were, I mean, I won't call them punk rock. I would say they came from punk at one time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm a real non-gatekeeper, so I don't, I don't define what is punk and not. But, um, but um, as I started to dig deeper through that, I started to evolve, and believe it or not, um, I was a real big fan of a band called the alarm. Um, and they were kind of the third generation punk that followed straight from, um, what you want to call, you know, the clash and all in yeah. sex pistols and the Ramones, the, the alarm when they first came out were even kind of called the clash junior. They were kind of, okay they were kind of picked on a little about that because they kind of had that same anthemic 
uh, sound that the Clash had, and Mike, yeah. they love the they love the Clash. There was never anything to to hide there, and um, so I got to be a got to be a huge fan of those about the time I turned fourteen, and that kind of was a little dip into the punk rock pool. Yeah, but then um, just like I hope a lot of you did, I discovered Seven Seconds, mm-hmm. and um, getting into the early Seven Seconds stuff you know, at the 14, 15, 16, getting into, you know, driving and putting in a tape and listening to every word, everything as you drove around. Um, Tell the tape fell apart and you had to pull it out of your tape deck. And roll it together with a pencil (laughs) and, you know, all of that. And seven seconds, I mean, Kevin's lyrics and their stance on being one, being, you know, united as punks and, uh, no racism and everything spoke to me. I mean, I yeah. grew up in the deep South. I grew up in Savannah, Georgia, and yeah. it's it's there. It's it's everywhere. Racism's everywhere, but it yeah. really spoke to me. And I always I always tried to be everybody's friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I I and I'm it, the funny story is if you know one somewhere back there in one of our high school reunions someone came up to me and goes, Rob, I don't remember you ever being in a click. I remember you always being around everybody. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you remember it that way. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's how I always felt too. It was like, why do I have to like, just be with like jocks or why do I have to be like these kids over here? I like, I would hang out with like goth kids and like nerd kids. And then I'd go play all the sports and I would hang out with the popular kids. I'm like, everybody's just, we're just high school kids. Like we don't know shit about anything. Like, why can't we just all hang out and have fun? Yeah. And, <laughs> but because of that, um, I really started wanting to be uh, that, you know, and then, you know, discovering early bad religion at that time and yeah. finding, um, but still mixed with everything else. At that time, you know, you really could listen to Guns N' Roses one minute and uh, Sonic Youth the next minute and yeah. then Seven Seconds and then. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't escape Bon Jovi and Gun, Guns oh, yeah. N' Roses was, and Def Leppard back in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, it was everywhere. And, yeah. you know, I didn't, I, I'm not going to say I was ever a giant hair metal fan or anything, yeah. but I had friends that were, and I didn't discount them for, I mean, we would joke at each other, but we yeah. were still friends. And I was like, and then I went off to college um, and luckily I did, you know, you go to college and if you go off a little ways, I didn't go far. I went Statesboro. I went to Georgia Southern, which is um, back in the eighties was just becoming a big school. Yeah. Um, And um, I went there and I, I didn't know anybody and I tried a fraternity for a few quarters and that wasn't my thing. And um, they were great. It just wasn't my thing. I didn't know. And there was one, rock club one punk club on campus and they were getting all of the punk all of the rock everything out of atlanta athens all the big music scenes that we thought were huge nashville yeah um and they would come through and um coinciding with going there and i got i wanted to be a dj and i got a i got believe it or not a spot as a freshman on the college station yeah and let's let's make sure people understand a dj isn't somebody that goes up there and presses play on a macbook it's somebody that actually puts vinyl records on a thing and plays it over airwaves yeah especially especially in 88 that's my first freshman year in college 88 89 and we had 
albums and there was no format to the college station wvgs uh they're formatted now everything's formatted now but back then as djs we got to play what we wanted as long as we didn't break the fcc laws and cuss (laughs) we could uh we got our own everybody on had your own show and you went and got your own underwriters like i got a pizza place to give me a couple of pizzas to give away every week and all this and even though we we weren't commercial so we weren't doing commercial we called it underwriting yeah you know if i was giving something away i didn't mind saying hey these are courtesy of dominoes you know or whatever whoever would give it to me um and it was red you know and you played everything and one of my biggest things since i was a kid and then walking into this library at a college radio station was i love to read the liner notes and if i like a band I would look for who they thanked and yeah. I would go explore that, you know? Yeah. And um, so, you know, seven seconds would thank uniform choice or uh, the descendants and yeah. stuff like that. And so you would go, okay, what's that about? And, you know, yeah. and that's how I kept getting more and more and more into punk and more into the stuff. And, and even then though, I, you know, I, you know, like I said, I don't believe in gatekeeping. I, I've been guilty of it. We've all been guilty of going, oh, that's not punk. But yeah. um, but I don't, I try not to. And that's a big movement in my life the last few years is to get away from that. And um, going back, you know, I, we had, that was at the explosion of widespread panic and all these hippie bands doing their thing and coming yeah. out and they would play that little club in, in Statesboro and I ended up, after I left the fraternity and everything, I ended up um, getting a door a door job at that bar. So I got to wow. work at that bar and sometimes do sound and sometimes do all sorts of stuff. And so I started meeting all of these bands. And then we put a band together that, that freshman year called Exit 26, me and a couple of really rad guys that are still beautiful friends of mine to this day. And, you know, sneak, you know, we, we would play the Statesboro scene, we'd play parties, we'd play, we got to play that club a lot. We got to play Athens once, um, you know, and, and back then, if you made it to Athens, Georgia, or Atlanta, Georgia, you had made it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, so that laid the roots. And then, you know, I had, you know, two or three bands in in college. When I left college, I went back to Savannah, Georgia for about a two year, two and a half year period. Um, had a band there called Jigsaw and we did a lot of playing and people, we didn't know there was a one hit wonder band named Jigsaw, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but, uh, um, a lot of people, some people remember that band and that's pretty rad. But then, uh, I had the lucky thing that my biological father, um, hadn't really been there a lot in my life. And he, yeah. lived, he bought a house in Nashville where I was actually born. Um, but he, he called me and was like, Hey, you know, I really haven't been there for you. Most of your life, I would come and go, I'd disappear. Um, you have two half. I knew I had two half brothers. We had been getting back in touch. I'm old enough to be my two half brothers, dad, but (laughs) they were born when I was in college. Um, but he was like, Hey, I'm living in Nashville. I've got this house. It's just me and your two little brothers. Why don't you come up here? You can take and do whatever you want. You won't have a house note or anything or rent. You can come live with me and find your life. And I was really wanting to be a roadie. I was really wanting to do, do music somehow. Yeah. Um, 
And so I packed up my life and moved to Nashville, Tennessee. And the first night I was there, I went to a concert of a couple of bands that I really dug that were just playing at a place. And the guy, the venue was like, yeah, I just got rid of my whole local crew and I need a whole new local crew. You want to do it? And so I, first night I'm in town, I get a job at a really cool club and started working for everybody. And then I had a band there in Nashville called Uncalled For. Um, and we played a lot of shows at like Lucy's back with the, uh, throw a little word out. Anybody remember the teen idols and, uh, let's see who else love bucket, stop happy, Superfly, staring at the sun. Nashville had a really cool, uh, punk scene in the yeah. early to mid nineties. And a lot of, they still have a Nashville's not just, uh, country music guys. Yeah. Not honky tonk. All it's, there's, a, it's a few you know, there's nothing in the world wrong with honky tonk. I love yeah. Yeah. honky tonk. But that was what was cool about Nashville and through the 90s and the 2000s is there was a lot going on. And so I worked a lot through that, um, started touring with some bands, got to tour with some amazing bands over the years and uh, ran a, worked at a music store in Nashville. So uh, we uh, we sold records to the stars because we were one of the everybody remember your Sam Goody or your music land and your mall. Well, yeah. we were a Sam Goody, but we weren't in a mall. We were outside a mall. And I joke that it's, uh, we were, we were empire records. It was yeah. that we had that kind of outside store and all the kids were in, all the kids were somehow involved in music outside of the store. Yeah. So it was like, we didn't care if Garth Brooks walked in. It was just like, Hey man, how are you? And he liked, and the stars liked that. And they yeah. would come shop with us. And it was, you know, so I got to meet even more crazy stuff through all of that. Yeah. Um, and then, unfortunately, this is kind of a fast forward in that time period, but I, I had a dear friend die at 32 years old. And Chris, as a matter of fact, I just saw a picture of his son yesterday, and he looked just like him, and it blew my mind. And wow. his son is 16 years old now. So it's tell you give you a time frame. His kid was like two or three when Chris passed. Gotcha. Um, and at 30, he was 32. I had to be, let's see if he died. I was 39. Um, so he died in 2009. Um, and at that point, I felt like this is going to sound crazy hippie, but it's not. I felt like I had kind of a third eye open that I was, yeah. uh, I wasn't doing anything bad, but I wasn't doing anything good in the world. Yeah. And it all, it, you know, hinged on my friend passing and to make this all come full circle um, and to make you laugh a little, and you know this already, Isaac, but I had left the music business. I was still going to shows, still working with, you know, helping bands when they came through Nashville and everything, but I took a 10 year hiatus as a golf pro. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I worked at golf courses and all sorts of stuff for a 10 year period. And, um, but I was on about two to three weeks after he passed away, I was sitting at the golf course on a kind of rainy, snowy day. Nobody was coming to the golf course. So I was flipping channels on the big screen in the clubhouse, just trying to kill the time until I could uh, feel like it was okay to lock up. I had a, yeah. I had a bar there. So a lot of the, the members would come drink at the bar. Yeah. Even and if I they did. weren't golfing, just come yeah. down. <laughs> and I didn't want to, I didn't want to leave them out or anything. So I was just kind of hanging out and I was flipping channels, looking for something, anything just to kill the time. 
And there used to be a thing called Palladia. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an MTV network in the late, you know, what, 2009, 2010, that still played music. Yeah. But it was way at the end of your digital dial. It was yeah. in the 300s or 400s or yeah. something like that. Um, and I've got to there, and there's this documentary on about these musicians hiking Mount Everest to raise money to help people survive cancer. And I kind of go, hey, and I start watching it. And all of a sudden, Mike Peters, the lead singer of The Alarm, said full circle all of a sudden. uh, Mike Peters is on the TV screen talking about his own personal fight with cancer and how he launched this foundation. And they were going to, they were hiking Mount Everest to raise money to give to cancer centers. And they built a cancer center in uh, Nepal with the money incredible stuff and i watched till the very end it was it was 80s musicians mainly it was mike peters glenn tilbrook from squeeze uh cy kernan from the fix okay uh slim jim phantom from the stray cats and okay and they climbed to base camp at mount everest and played the world's highest concert ever and that's what the doctor smoke weed and be like, now we're doubly high. <laughs> uh, no, but Cy, uh, in the video, if you ever watch it, there's a documentary out there. You can get it. Um, it's called Everest Rocks. But Cy Kernan, no, it's, no, it's Slim Jim Phantom, says, man, I got to give up smoking. And yeah. he's sitting halfway up going, I thought I had to anyway, but man, I really got to now. And I thought, yeah. was- I mean, base camp's got to be at least 12, 15,000 feet up no, or it's something. 20. 20 jesus yeah that's way too high <laughs> i mean i live in denver and we can be at 13 14,000 in an hour yeah. you know yeah. and but and you get out of breath up there so imagine 20 um but they at the time they played a concert at base camp they made it um there were challenges along the way obviously but yeah. base camp's about the last place you don't need you had you, you after that you need to start carrying oxygen yeah, the you know the big hikers and that go for summit and everything have oxygen units yeah. and all that stuff, but they got to there and at the time they were it they won the Guinness Book of World Records for highest concert ever played, and then some Swedish band beat them the next year, and then <laughs> they beat them the next year and yeah. Was, but uh, I, at the end of the documentary, I I looked up the website and there was a phone number listed, and it was in Denver, Colorado. And I called it and a guy answered and I was like, Hey, I just watched the documentary and I went to the website and I see what you're doing. And, um, they were doing bone marrow drives and, Mm -hmm. you know, my friend didn't die from cancer, but it still, everybody has to deal with cancer. Name a name, somebody in this world that's not had to deal with cancer. Uh, By the time you're 20, you probably know somebody that's died of cancer or had it. Family, friends, everything. It's just, it's a beast. And um, so I called them and this guy answered the phone. I said, Hey, this is going to sound crazy, but I want to, I want to do what y'all are doing. And I'm in Nashville. I don't want any money or anything. I want to, I want to do this. And he was like, man, we're, we're really small. We really don't have any money to spread to other cities. And I went, I didn't ask you for money. I asked you what to do. Yeah. And he goes, 
And he goes, let me get a hold of my boss and I'll call you back. So he took all my information. And to this day, it was a famous story in the, the Love, Hope, Strength Foundation that he went back to her and he goes, hey, I just got off the phone with this guy in Nashville and he might be crazy. And she goes, <laughs> why was he crazy? And he told her that I wanted to basically franchise the idea and do what they were doing. And I didn't want any money or anything. I just wanted the supplies and the encouragement. Yeah. And he, she goes, what's crazy about that? Get him going. Yeah. And so they called me back and I started using my music, um, my musical uh, influences and contact. And stuff, yeah. yeah. And I would just call and go, Hey, can I come down to your show and set up a bone marrow drive? And for 2009, 2010, and into early 2011, I did that with all I needed from them was supplies. I didn't need yeah. it, you know, and I just would get my own shows. And then they asked me to go to Bonnaroo with them. And I went down and the the best Bonnaroo they had ever signed up was like 80, 90 people. That first one I went to, we signed up 400. Nice. Um, and it was just because I really believed in it. And I'm the kind of guy that will go out front and talk to everybody that walks by. And yeah. You know, and so we started moving. And then right before 2011's Bonnaroo, I get a call and it says, hey, Rob, you've been kicking so much, you know, cancer ass there because we were getting my team in Nashville and my friends that were helping me. We were getting matches. We were getting possible lives saved just yeah. because we were and we all had other jobs. We were just doing it as a something to do and an honor our friend that passed yeah. and um they were like we kind of want you to move to denver and be do this for real and i'm like okay let's do it and yeah. i really took about a thirty thousand dollar pay cut sold my house in nashville and moved to denver not knowing really anybody but the charity and yeah. um i just felt like that was something was pushing me in that path Mm -hmm. um fast forward till 2019 so um eight to nine years in denver and touring with them and touring with every band you can imagine uh everywhere from ozzy osbourne to the smallest punk band in the world we did it all yeah uh, and it wasn't just rock it wasn't just we toured with willie nelson we toured with i mean i could list george Strait had us out um uh I mean, just Kenny Chesney had us on a whole big bunch tour, Donovan Frankenreiter, Michael Fronte, all sorts of music. I mean, yeah. everything you can imagine. And these bands got it. It was, here's a way we can let, let these guys be there, talk to our fans, do something good. And it really didn't cost the bands anything. Yeah. It just had to let us be there. Yeah. And so we were setting up tours and going crazy. And it was my job at that point to recruit more bands, go on the tours, make it happen, sign up as many Americans as we could. And fast forward to 2019, we were, we had signed up almost 250,000 people to the national marrow donor wow. program, finding 10 to 12,000 potential life-saving matches out of that. That's, that's the sad part about the marrow donor program. It takes about a thousand signups to get lucky enough to find that one that can match and donate. Yeah. So, uh, you get a lot of matches. You know, the match number is higher than the actual donation because yeah. matching someone genetically um, 
matching someone genetically and actually being able to physically donate are two different things. Yeah. Um, so, but every single person you sign up has a chance to save a life. And that's pretty yeah. good. Um, unfortunately, in 2019, the Love Hope Strength Foundation decided that they were going to do away with their outreach program in America. Um, something I didn't include in there is in on the Flogging Molly cruise in 20, let me get the dates right. There we go. In 2017, I had to look at a poster on the wall. Yeah, I can see some behind you too. <laughs> yeah, my, our, I, our house is a mini, as you might can tell, it's a mini rock and roll museum. Yeah. It's a poster. If, if a band from the tour that I do has a poster, I buy it. I put my backstage pass, there, that one right there. I nice. put my backstage pass in there and we hang up as many as we can. We only have a thousand square foot house. So there's not... Um, I so ended it's up just wanting, memorabilia and then you sleep on top of it all. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've, uh, I've gone to the point and you can't see it. It's on the other side of the room to buy the little racks that have post that you can have posters in. I bought the gotcha. plastic sleeves so you can flip anybody that comes over can flip through the posters and nice. check it out. But you know, some of our favorite hung, this is a whole flogging Molly wall right here. Yeah. Um, it's cool. so great to us, but 2019, I mean, oh, go back. 2017 Flogging Molly Cruise. I meet an amazing young lady. One year later on the Flogging Molly Cruise, she becomes my wife. A few months later, Love Hope Strength lost its volunteer coordinator. She becomes the volunteer coordinator. My beautiful wife, Tina, she's in the other room, um, joins the fight with me. And it's yeah. not only did I meet her doing it, but she joins it with me. And we have, you know, we're we're luckily I, I found that person that embraced my love and became my love, if that makes yeah. sense. And yeah. um, so in 2019, um, I'm on tour with Foggy Molly. Um, we're going to have a state of the union meeting with love, hope, strength. I pull over and I'm in, I'm in my camper and we have this meeting and the board tells Tina and I that they've decided they're going to do away with their outreach program and they were going to lay us off. Um, obviously I was mad for a few days. I yeah. you know, didn't want to lose my mission in life, but then I start going, I'm not done. I, and I talked to Tina and she agrees. We're not done. I talked to Nathan Maxwell from flogging Molly. He agrees. We're not done. Um, I call Adam uh adam siegel from the faction mm -hmm. he goes we're not done uh called justin sane from anti-flag we're not done uh we have some amazing folks on our board of directors now that were friends of flogging molly and toured with them i talked to them agreed we're not done and they want to be involved with anything that i want to do yeah. and i and i had been running i had been using punk rock saves lives as a hashtag with the band's the punk bands that I had recruited and literally it was a hashtag. Yeah. And I said, I want to do punk rock saves lives and I want to keep doing marrow drives, but I want it to be a more utilitarian situation where we can do more. We could do diabetes things. If we need yeah. to, we could do mental health issues. If we needed to, we could do whatever. And if a band and the joke from the very beginning is, if Pennywise invited me on a tour, 
and they wanted to raise money for a beach cleanup in Huntington Beach, I would immerse myself in that and I could represent that for them yeah. through Punk Rock Saves Lives. And that's the thing about this is we can move and shake and do so many things to make the world better. Yeah. And it, and then, you know, selling the name right off the bat is everybody's like, oh, you're going to pigeonhole yourself into something. And the funniest part about it here three years later or two and a half years later is now those people, as well as almost any band goes, oh, we were punk at this point. Or, yeah, you know, I had a punk phase in it. You might have had your punk phase for one summer and it might have been My Chemical Romance or yeah. something. But you know what? You saw the community, the punk community. And yeah. that's the that's the idea of the name is that our punk rockers and anybody that's ever been influenced by it can change the world. Yeah. And so we've set out here over two years. Now think about the time period, November 1st, 2019. <laughs> uh, Pretty we, rough start to a business, huh? <laughs> we, we officially launched punk rock saves lives. And this is a running theme on that flogging Molly, that flogging Molly cruise right there. Okay. We launch punk rock saves lives and great. Our flogging Molly family, all the cruise shipmates, everything got behind it. It's incredible. They're our base. We love them. They carried us through so much. And we get off the cruise. Um, I was in our RV, so I had to drive home to Denver. And um, Tina had a trip planned that we had booked her to go visit the Greek Isles for the first time in her life. And she's Greek, so that was really cool. Uh, so she left there and went on that cruise, and I went to drive home. But getting off the cruise, our brothers in Authority Zero and um, Pennywise in the Bronx were touring. And I looked at the tour, and they were literally going all the way slowly back to Denver. So yeah. they were kind enough to let me follow them and set up a booth every night and uh, Earth Skateboards and um, and Authority Zero were with me, and we had – we had some skateboards and some skate decks and Pennywise signed them all and nice. uh, all of this stuff. So we could do some cool stuff on the way home. And it was an incredible trip. And Clay from Earth Skateboards rode from the cruise all the way back to Dallas with me. And because he's from the Texas area. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was incredible. So we finished in Dallas and then I finished the drive home to Denver. And we get home and OK, it's going to be. You know, it's going to be no, November, December, January, and we'll be ready to launch in February. And I just told you that Anti-Flag was, and Justin were very instrumental in helping us put the early parts of the charity together and still are a huge yeah. part of the charity. Um, Anti-Flag invites me on the 2020 Vision Tour. Here we go, you know, early 2020 with their new album. We're going to do it. We're going to have Punk Rock Saves Lives along the way. I'm going to follow them around America in the RV and we're going to do good while we rock the, you know, rock it all. Yeah. Um, I get to, um, I get to Rochester, New York from Denver in the RV. And there's a really rad punk band, uh, Irish punk band called 1916. If you okay. haven't heard them, check them out. Billy, uh, the lead singer lives in Rochester or lived in Rochester. He now lives in Nashville. Um, but Billy had a house and I'd stopped at his house and parked the big RV in his driveway 
and we had a nice relaxing evening um just hanging out talking music and everything and he you know i slept in the rv but billy and i had a fun night just kind of for lack of better you you cussed we were shooting the shit there you go yeah yeah you can swear and, as much as you want on here <laughs> and so i wake up the next morning i was going to have lunch with him and then i was going to take off and head to um somewhere in vermont yeah in burlington vermont to me to meet anti-flag coming in from Canada. The first two dates were in Canada. Um, we can't do the bone marrow registry in Canada. So I was just going to wait and meet them at the third stop. Yeah. Different healthcare um, system, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. They have their own healthcare system. So if you're Canadian, please sign up through your, your physician. It's the same marrow registry. We trade worldwide, but you have to get on in your home country. So anybody yeah. watching around the world, check your home country uh, where you get your health care. Um, so if you're living in America and your healthcare is here, you can sign up on ours. Nice. Um, that's where really kind of where it, it won't ever count on your healthcare, but it's just how they determine who pays and yep. it's not you. It's who's going to, it's, it's paid for by the bone marrow registry or the national donor program, but you got to do it in your home country. So yep. that's, um, but I wake up, I'm laying in Billy's driveway, just kind of waking up and getting ready to, you know, pack up the, the RV and go. When I get the unfortunate call from anti-flags tour manager that COVID's shutting everything down and we're going to pull the plug. And there I am sitting in Rochester, New York. I've already driven that far yeah. and not even done a show. And it, it was the right thing. And yeah. everything in the world was shutting down. And so I wasn't going to, we weren't going to believe it till it happened. We were going to go as, until, and then we were told. Yeah. I think so, that's kind of how everybody felt about it. They're like, oh yeah, we'll never shut down, but we'll just make some extra precautions or whatever. And then it was like, no, we're all shutting down. It's like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Change. I mean, it was a, a, the word God, God smacked comes to mind. Everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, head spinning a little bit. I sit there and Billy and the, they're worried about Rochester shutting down and everything and nobody knows what's going on. So Billy calls the Irish pub near his house and says, nobody knows what's going on. Can we come down and play tonight? And he goes, Rob, you got to stay. We're going to go. And you remember the, um, the meme during the shutdown that, the last band you saw was who you were stuck with during COVID. <laughs> well, yeah. I would have been with 1916 for the whole time because <laughs> they went down to the pub and they played a show and we all kind of celebrated that. We didn't know what was happening after yeah. that. And we had an amazing night. I spent the night again and then I got up the next morning and started to drive back to Denver. Um, got all the way back here and you know, we're, 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 we're spinning. What, what's the charity going to do? Yeah. How we, what are we going to do to survive through this? Um, I am also a type one diabetic. So, um, you know, should I go try to get a job? Should I, what should I do? You know, at the, at that time, the big thing was, especially if you were immunocompromised and that was the people that need to stay home. Yeah. So we go for it a little bit and we're trying to um, map it out. I'm staying home. And one day I pick up the computer 
And from the Punk Rock Saves Lives page, I just go live. And I start talking to everybody and I'm like, hey, it's a PMA session. Let's talk about this. Yeah. And let's all hang in together. And so many people turned in and we talked about keeping ourselves and the mental health aspect of yeah. we're all locked down. And what do we do? And, you know, how can you keep positive and how can you not fall into demons? And, you know, so I did I, and I literally was just talking to the screen. Like there was nobody. I didn't have a guest. Yeah. I didn't have a, you know, you, um, you know, guiding me along or, you know, the host or whatever. Yeah. And it, it it got really big numbers. People were watching and it was crazy. And so the next week I thought, hey, let me get, let me call a couple of friends and we'll and we did it by Zoom, and Zoom was ex that was when the Zoom explosion happened. Yeah. And then I think I tried to get. I know I had Jason Devore and one of the very first ones from Authority Zero come yeah. on and try to play acoustically. And Zoom, great, great for meetings. Music, Not great for music. Music doesn't go. Over. <laughs> so Jason would be playing guitar, and all you could hear was his voice. It wouldn't. The microphone couldn't break the two apart. Yeah. Um, so I think it tries to filter out background noise and then it does it so well that it really screws up everything else. Yeah. And so we didn't know what to do. So we kept looking and we ended up on this same platform. We ended up with StreamYard yep. and it was a lot better. Sometimes music doesn't transfer the best on here. They've done a lot of work. StreamYard has gotten better and it does, you know, so when now we have someone play a song, I go, ahead, Oscar from stolen wheelchairs, play a song the other night. And, um, uh, April from uh, formerly of Sniper 66 and my band and a bunch played one of her songs and it nice. was incredible. And for some reason, I don't know what microphone Isaac was using. I mean, Oscar was using, mm -hmm. but Oscars came through a lot better than April's. Yeah. So, you know, it's getting better, but it's still, you know, it depends on what you're using. Yeah. But so we do these amazing PMA sessions and they keep growing. And then we get, we've had, you know, we were doing them once a week and we had, you know, chicken from dead to me. We had Jim Lindbergh from Pennywise. We had um, everybody you can imagine in the punk rock world. Uh, Scott Shiflett. Um, we have one coming up in the near future with with Trevor and uh, face to face and just everybody wanted to do them. And, yeah. you know, we had people every week. We'd have an awesome guest. We we did. uh we did the, uh, you know, amazing uh, badass women campaign, and we did a few of the women ones, and I would come in and tell everybody hello, and then you know how to run this. I would, I would click my, no, I would take myself off screen. It was all women, and that's what we wanted. We wanted, you know, when we found it, Punk Rock Saves Lives, we don't want it to be about men, women. We want it to be utilitarian. We want, it, yeah. we want to support every person being the best person they want to be. And yeah. that could be man, women, they could be a flirt, a, a furry, a, I don't care what they yeah. are. As long as they're being their true authentic self and happy or struggling and we can help you find paths to be better. And, and really the pandemic caused us to really pivot and become mm -hmm. more of a mental health organization. And we still, and, through that and it was great and everybody 
got it. And my, you know, Tina created a punk rock saves lives mental health group on Facebook. And if you're not in it, please go join. And it's punks just being there for each other. Mm -hmm. Um, We do safeguard it and watch it. It is a safe space. If you join, there is no shaming. There is no, you will be out quick. If you, no harassing, no trolling, all that shit. No trolling anything. We've, we've had, unfortunately, just like everything in the world had to pull a pull, you know, a few people out and stuff like that. But it's become this amazing safe space with so many members and, you can literally say, Hey guys, I'm really struggling today. And this is what it's about. Um, and out of that, um, we have a sober, sober, curious separate group that have not a 12 step meeting, but they have a meeting at least once, maybe twice a week through zoom. And it's just punks helping each other. We, we are not health professionals. We are not uh, mental health professionals. It's literally, that first step, if you feel like you can open up to us, then maybe we can help you take the next step and go to a professional. We could even, in a lot of cases now, we have mental health professionals reaching out, asking how they can be involved and offering pro bono time. Yeah. And we've got to build that for every state so that, or, and then further on through the whole country, and I mean, through everywhere. And yeah. once we get that and you need someone, we can refer you. Uh, better, I, th- I might say the wrong one, but I think it's better health has come to us and given us a code. If you email, uh, info at punk rock saves lives and say, you need the better health link, you'll get a link for four free visits. Nice. Where you can, uh, open up to a therapist online. I mean, online or on the phone, someone to talk to that is a professional and they've, they literally thought what we were doing was great and we're the bridge to get you to someone. Yeah, I was going to say, most people are, are going to probably open up to maybe not a friend, but somebody who they can, who they feel familiar with. Right. Cause like, it's hard to say this stuff to your friends, even because you might think that they're going to judge you for it and you can't go to a medical professional. Cause you feel like you're, you're like, you know, there's a stigma around going to a medical professionals. Right. So that, yeah. that bridge is a perfect scenario where you can talk to familiar people, whether they be an anonymous, you know, behind a screen or whatever, but it, it does bring that, that, that segue between, between you and getting the real help that you need. Yeah. And the, you said stigma and that's a big word. And especially us guys, yeah. um, I don't know about you, but I was brought up, Oh, rub some dirt on it. You're fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was brought up, you know, my parents were great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, yeah. but it was a different time, you know, yeah. even in school, you'd stub your toe, Oh, get over it, you know, and, you know, or something when honestly, if you didn't get it taken care of, you could probably get sick. And, yeah. you know, even through all of this, I'm the worst about going to a doctor. I mean, I'm, I'm going to a dentist tomorrow and to be completely honest, I'm scared to death, you yeah. know, but I'm going to go um, now. And I'm, I'm learning that stuff myself. And that's something that's pretty cool is, you know, we have so many different age groups that through punk rock and it changes every day. And one of my big pushes is to get you guys to admit we need help. Yeah. Um, and it's okay to ask for help and stigma sucks. So uh, our friends at hope for the day are doing a whole fuck stigma campaign. Mm-hmm. So we want to get rid of that. We want it to be, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Um, 
that's their line obviously but it's a great line um and then another one of my campaigns that i picked up through this and just throwing myself out there is that it's okay to tell your friends you love them yeah no matter if they're guys girls it's okay love is a powerful emotion and it's something we can we can all use more of every day and it's okay it's okay for a guy to tell another guy hey man i love you yeah. and that we didn't do that you know what yeah. i mean and getting people to, to you'd get teased merciless, mercilessly as a oh, young yeah. man for sure oh yeah it was yeah. it was almost as bad as buying your clothes at walmart back in yeah <laughs> no or if for us it was when in the 80s and 90s if you bought clothes at kmart you yeah. were the, and that's so sad you know what i mean yeah. that was so materialistic and bad back then that that is why a lot of us struggle today and it's been yeah. passed on and in, and none of us are none of us are not guilty of something. I've been, I know I picked on people, and I yeah. know, I know I wasn't always trying to be. I tried. I literally, in, in most of my life, have tried to be everybody's friend and in the middle and try to guide people, you know. And but I know everybody has, and I know I've screwed up. And if yeah. I have, I try to put it out there. If I've ever wronged you, I apologize. And let me know what I can do, and let's 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 get it, let's get past it. And yeah, um, so there's so many ways to, in the mental health world, that you can really just opening up to a friend or someone that you maybe I I'm I'm just a guy, but if I'm the guy out in the world and people see me with all these bands and everything and. And it's true. I'm out there. It's been great. You know, I've, I've been a lucky man. And mm -hmm. if I could be that first person to tell you, hey, you know, don't worry about that. Let's talk about it. Don't or, you know, what if I what if I told you, hey, man, those are amazing shoes. And you were walking to jump off a bridge. Yeah. And maybe that one little compliment goes, wait a minute. Somebody somebody does care. Yeah. And, so use that Do tell somebody something nice every day, find, find a reason to hold a door for someone. And, um, you know, part of the whole punk rock saves lives thing is we truly subscribe to the Joe Strummer idea of punk rock. And that is punk rock is kindness. It's yeah. kind as fuck. And that's, yeah. that was straight from Joe Strummer. And yeah, I think there was like a meme recently that was like, punk people are uh, good people pretending to be bad and hippies are bad people pretending to be good or something like that. Yeah, I've seen that one too. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, and you know, we get the, we get the flack online sometimes about what is this hippie shit? And yeah. um, the person that thinks punk is nothing but nihilism. Yeah. And I get it. Sex pistols and stuff. Yeah. It was nihilism, but not picking on them. The Sex Pistols were basically a boy band, guys. Yeah, you know, uh, they were a put together band, and they used shock to shock the world. And yeah. their shock was nihilism. And yes, it set us on a path, and I dig it. But there was so much punk before that. Think about yeah. Woody Guthrie. Think about MC5. Yeah. Think about Dolly Parton. I mean, people doing it their way. Yeah. DIY. Dylan, all sorts of guys. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It punk is. I think punk is an idea. And if you think it was only 1977 and uh, nihilism and 
fuck the world, then you aren't, you haven't been in the punk that I've been in. You know, I honestly, God, I give seven seconds so much credit for me being the man I am. And I've been lucky enough to tell, tell Kevin that directly. And there he's just a phenomenal human. And, you know, he, he let us do a little, a friend of ours drew a really cool uh, t-shirt that we did as a fundraiser a while back that had brass knuckles with PRSL in it. Nice. But it said, uh, not just boys fun. And it was the idea was punk is not just about guys. Yeah. Uh, there's And they, she, our friend drew that and we wanted to make it a shirt, but I'm like, you know, that's a seven seconds line. I've got to clear this with Kevin first. <laughs> and I literally sent him an email and showed him the picture and everything. And he was like, dude, anything that's awesome. And anything y'all want or need from me. And nice. I was like, Okay, now we have the blessing, and I, I wear that shirt proudly around America. And, nice. um, so now, come the beginning, the end of last year, we start touring again, you know, mm-hmm. and it's still a question mark, and there's still going to be cancellations. There's still, um, I'm trying to be optimis- optimistic that, um, and when I say optimistic, I feel like COVID is now going to become our new flu. Yeah, I think you're going to need a booster shot once a year. You're going to need, you know, you're going to catch it every so often. And it's going to, if you've done the right, um, if you've done a shot or if you've done your boosters or you've done, it's just going to be a bad cold. Yeah. And I like the flu. I, I get a flu. Who Everybody gets a flu shot every year and you still sometimes get the flu, you know yeah. what I mean? But hopefully the science is right and they're not... Um, it's weak. It's a weaker because you have some immunity. Yeah. Um, you know, and Tina and I both got COVID before the vaccines. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. I spent days in the hospital. People were really thinking I was in a lot of trouble. And I, I was, yeah. my lungs were clouded out. It was, I never ended up on a ventilator or anything. Thank whatever you believe in. Yeah. And, uh, but so I don't tell people that it's right or wrong, that if you believe in vaccines or not, it's your personal choice. But I want you all to go get vaccinated so we can all get in the pit together again. Exactly. So but we can all a, trust each other and have fun. Yeah. So um, so you take that as you want it. I believe in science. And um, I'm I, if they tell me I need another a fourth booster, I'm on my way. Yeah. Um, yes, I felt like crap the day after the booster but that's yeah. went away um now i do know i know a couple of people that have actually been adversely affected it you know for the one in them the one in a hundred thousand that that is it sucks i'm sorry yeah. but for the rest of the ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine, if it made your experience with omicron or something less great i don't yeah. want you on i don't want you in a hospital like i was you know yeah, exactly uh, that was horrible three days, you know what yeah. I mean? And a horrible, it took good two to three months for me to even, and Tina had lasting longer than that repercussions yeah. of us getting COVID. And, um, and one of our friends died that might've gotten COVID the same night we did. Wow. And it was all simply because we stopped by to get a pizza and a beer to sell it, to, to take care or what's, support my friend's business because 
it was going to go out of business because yeah. no one could, and they were allowed to have, you know, COVID restrictions were different everywhere, but like we were tables or something for the whole. Know, we were three or four months into it, and they were letting them have the. They weren't allowed to have live music, but the bar could sell a drink, and the pizza place could sell some pizza. So we said, "Let's go see if we can just put some money in their pocket tonight." Yeah, and every one of us that went as a small group got it. And wow. somebody in the restaurant had COVID. Um, but it sucks. It's just, and it's the situation we're in now, right now. So, yeah. you know, and, and so obviously talking about that, you, you're, you have plans for this, this coming year, 2022. So obviously we're going to be doing a, a charity golf event here in Las Vegas on April 22nd. So it's a Friday. Um, it'll be at the legacy golf club in Henderson, Nevada. So if you guys are very interested in, in supporting the charity, also, if you like playing golf, even if you don't play golf, you can come drink some beer, slap a golf ball around and and be terrible at it, but still have fun. It's a team sport on this one. It's a, it's a foursome scramble. So you just take the best shot from every single shot and then play. There'll be some fun little mini games in there as well. But obviously, you know, you had a, a golf pro experience. This kind of ties in with that. Yep. I kind of just reached out to you coldly. I had no idea if you were interested in doing this or not. I reached out to a couple other charities, never heard back. You guys were like immediately like, this sounds awesome. Let's do it. And I was like, that's great. So now we have a, obviously a, a goal and we have some other big plans that we're kind of in the works for making it out kind of a rock and roll punk weekend kind of thing. Yep. Um, so that should be awesome. But what other things are you kind of doing and, and what, what what's kind of spurring you right now to kind of make this the best year so far? Well, we're, you know, luckily got the tour last year a little bit. Uh, uh, did three months. I got the anti-flag guys reached out to us and. I was going to go on tour with them anyway mm -hmm. and their bandwagon driver couldn't go. And they were like, Hey Rob, you have a big RV. Yeah. Why don't you drive our bigger RV <laughs> and ride with us and it won't cost the charity money. And I was able to go with them for three months and drive the RV and set up a table every night. Nice. We swabbed over 400 people at the shows, you know, so that was incredible. And it, it, you know, kept building and here we are in 2022. And as long as the shows are going to happen, we're going to go for it until if the government shuts us down again or yeah. whatever. But um, just announced this uh, earlier last week, February 8th, I start uh, a basically three and a half week run with the casualties and stolen wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. And that's going to go from, Tulsa, Oklahoma, up into the Midwest and down the East Coast into Florida, ending in Orlando. So um, East Coast this time, if they do a West Coast run, um, hopefully it will earn their both bands dig us. They're friends over the years. Hopefully they'll love what we do and we'll build that relationship for future shows. Yeah. Um, we just got invited by uh, – the oxymorons um, that um, opened for anti-flag. If you saw any of the anti, some of the anti-flag dates, they opened the first half of the tour. Incredible rap rock combo thing, and it's incredible. Uh, they are going on tour with the rap artist grandson. Okay, I know. And, him, yeah. um, through oxymorons, they got us to come on some of those dates. So we're reaching into a different. We're taking the punk rock genre into to hip hop, which is pretty yeah. rad. Um, 
because I think hip hop and punk rock were both revolutionary art forms and yeah. they really do change their world. So it's really a cool. We combo. both came from streets, street type scenes too. Yep. So, um, uh, we're going to be doing that. Uh, Tina will be doing a bunch of runs on that. And we have some amazing volunteers that'll be doing some of that tour, um, through, through March and April, we'll be on the flogging Molly cruise. Obviously if it gets to go, um, we are the, we are the charity for that this year. Um, we are doing the golf tournament, obviously. Yep. Uh, working on a concert to go with it, but yep. that's yep. working on it. Um, did the big, big call before this about it. So that's, uh, um, and then um, uh, May in the, oh, and uh, the people that throw the punk and drublicks and the punk in the parks. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah, we are doing. We are going to help facilitate their liquor licenses in certain states through the nonprofit, nice. and we will be tabling at almost all of the punk in the parks and punk and drublicks. So keep an eye out for us in America, um, and that starts in Temp, not Tempe. Is it Tempe? Tempe, yeah, in March sixteenth yeah. or something like that. I think. We'll be there, and that's with our brothers Authority Zero being and Venomous Pinks. Yeah, our sisters that rock and they're both on that show and that's going to be incredible. Uh, so we're going to be at that in San Diego. And if the cruise happens, we will fly from San Diego to uh, Miami to do the Flog and Molly cruise. And then I'll fly back to pick up the camper. Nice. Um, uh, and then so we're going to be doing a lot of those. So keep your eyes open for those. Even if we're not tabling, we will need volunteers and almost everyone to pour beers. So if you feel like you can't afford, um, you can't afford a ticket to go to one of those, reach out to us. They need people for the, the pre the the whole idea behind both of those is that they're beer tasting events as well. Yeah, yeah. They set them up. Fat Mike set them up originally, and um, craft beer and punk rock, and they donate money to Punk Rock Saves Lives for every person that we send in to be a beer pourer that day. Oh wow. Um, so and if, you obviously get to listen to cool music, and you're not yeah, yeah. And every you, minute of every day. You, yeah. The beer tasting ends before the first band. Yep. So if you volunteer, not only do you get a donation for Punk Rock Saves Lives, you get into the show for free. Yeah. Stay and watch, you know, everybody that plays. So it's yeah. pretty rad. Those lineups are pretty damn sick. Yeah, they they're pretty good in America. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, May. Uh, the Rumjacks from uh, uh, Australia are coming over with their new singer, Mike, from Mickey Rickshaw from Boston. Okay. Mike is now in the Rumjacks and giving them new life. And uh, we're going to tour them. And um, that's mo- a lot of May. Uh, that's going to be a killer. Um, so we'll be trekking across America a lot. And every day, um, every day more and more we're finding more and more things to do and fans are inviting us and offering us a chance to come out there and try to change the world a little bit through our scene. And it's incredible. And we thank, you know, thank the bands. We're talking to a few bands to do in the March, April zones. And you probably have an idea because we've talked about them in this show. So hopefully hopefully that'll come through. Um, And then we hit festival season. So, Um, Tina has put in 
we're lucky that we have a great relationship with Riot Fest. We have a great relationship with Punk Rock Bowling. Yeah. Um, when and if it happens, they, yeah, they postpone that. They postpone we'll see. It. Yeah. Um, there's a lot going on there. They they did it, and I kind of felt like they were going to just because um, they did it at Labor Day, or yeah. in September. Because yeah, normally it's like in May or May, something like yeah, that. Yeah. At the end of May turning it around that fast to have another one was really yeah. cool. And who knows, you know, uh, Europe has one of the best festival scenes in the world. Yep. And a lot of our punk bands get to play amazing festivals over there. Um, and man, they're trying to come back strong. So, you know, who knows where, you know, to get a great lineup, we might've, that there's so much conflict for these yeah. festivals, but um, punk rock bowling, they could have it in, january and i'd be there so yeah. when they get that going again we'll be there um it's got to wear a jacket it's vegas but it, uh, it doesn't vegas. get cold at night <laughs> might get might get down to 70 at night oh darn <laughs> uh, it's funny the people are great friends that live in vegas and florida i always laugh because it gets below 60 and they act like it's the end of the world but they really do your blood changes you get yeah. used to you get used to it hot and then 60 feels cold. You know, yeah. I, well, I mean, I, I grew up in North Dakota and there was like minus 40 degrees there. And I, I it'll get down to 30 here. And I'm like, it feels the same to me. It feels yeah. like super, super cold. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Scott from the Potato Pirates here in Denver, amazing punk band. But Scott's part of the shorts cork. Mm -hmm. And he, I've never seen the guy not in shorts. Yeah. And we live where it can get really cold. And Shorts every day. I get it. Yeah. But uh, so that's coming. And then festivals. Um, we will probably be at some festivals that you wouldn't think. Um, and that's that's the punk rock infiltration. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're gonna get out there and and show people that, you know, punk isn't the kid with eight million studs on his jacket smoking a cigarette on the corner. Yeah, that's the that's what people think. And, yeah. you know. It's not. Punk is a movement. Punk is one it probably in my life the punk and the metal communities are so strong. It's yeah, it's unbelievable. And you know, it's luckily I've been able to work in those communities to try to make a difference in the world. Yeah. And you know, our we've really narrowed it down. I think your your main three things you're gonna see from us this year, um at festivals and online is huge push on mental health, obviously. And that's going to yep. always be there. Um, bone marrow registers drives live on site at events. Um, it's a great on site activation. There's a lot of, we're working on some cool activations for mental health, including bringing in some partner organizations that might could have a tent somewhere on the site that, yeah, go away and talk if you need to or something. So we're working on some cool stuff like that. Uh, the third component, and it'll be a side component, no matter what else is happening, is Tina, through our great friends at Sidewalk Project in L.A., and they have a they have a um, a partner group in Vegas too. Mm -hmm. um, it's a harm reduction. Uh, based charity and they work directly with homeless on skid rows and homeless embankment uh, encampments and stuff mm -hmm. to get 
not only support, but to get Narcan into um, and harm reduction, really get it out there. And I don't, I don't care what you believe in drugs. Um, You might think someone doing drugs is the worst thing in the world. You might not care and think people should enjoy whatever they enjoy. Um, Bottom line, and I heard this directly, Stacy D from Bad Cop, Bad Cop is one of the founders of the Sidewalk Project, along with Soma Snake Oil. Um, And directly from Stacy's mouth on stage is, we don't care. We're, We're not here to tell you do drugs or not do drugs. But if you do a drug, it should be what you thought you were taking, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So, and there's a lot going on right now with fentanyl being added to drugs and people are overdosing on a massive scale uh, yep. it's everywhere. And it's not just homeless. It's kids at school being, you know, thinking they're doing just a little, a little bump or something. And, yeah. you know, we've been through it. If you've been in rock, punk, metal, reggae, whatever, you've been in the scene, you've been around all of this. And if someone offered you something and you did it and there's fentanyl in it, your heart could stop. Yeah. And you shouldn't die from that. That's no matter what you believe, you shouldn't die because you try something. Yeah. And some people get truly addicted and that sucks. And we're, there's ways and avenues to help there too. But we're trying to get, and the state of Colorado chose Punk Rock Saves Lives to be an official Narcan distributor, and we can get shipments of it as, as once a month, as much as we need, and we can distribute it how we see fit. That's so awesome. um, we will be giving out Narcan as, you know, as much as we can. Obviously, I can't, I drive a, a little RV with a trailer. I can't carry 8 million tons of narcotics, yeah. <laughs> but I will keep as much possible with me. If you are at a festival, at a concert that I'm at, and you feel like you want to carry Narcan in case you see someone collapse, um, come by. We will definitely give you some, and we'll teach you how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's literally squirting up their nostril, someone that's down, and you could, honest to God, save a life. That's awesome. To get them back through the overdose at least till the paramedics can get there and you know and that's incredible that's an amazing thing that we can all do for our fellow man and that's just putting a little thing and then it's not illegal there's no law against it so carry it whether you think um on the anti-flag tour mark our tour manager was walking to have lunch and a car crashed or it was a work truck crashed through a thing and the guy fell out of the seat and was blue on the ground. And Mark didn't, we had just gotten some Narcan from sidewalk project and he didn't know I had it, but he ran over and tried to help the guy. And if he would have had that in his pocket, it would have helped him faster. Apparently we don't know what happened, but the guy somehow overdosed passed out, but the paramedics got there in time. So we, we do know this person survived, but that's good, but it's, that kind of thing. You never know. Yeah. If, you, if, if everybody, if we can get Narcan in everybody's pocket or in your purse or in your backpack or something, and if something happens near you, 
obviously infiltrating and getting into the the homeless encampments and the everything like that but that can be dangerous work too so you have yeah. to be careful there um but getting it in the right hands and getting it into everybody's hands could save more lives so we'll be doing a lot of narcan distribution this year so um look into that and if you you know feel safe carrying it please do yeah see me if i don't have any with me i'll get your address and we'll get you some awesome um, so that's that's and we continue to get we're two two and two years and a few months old now and um you know we were lucky to set up punk rock saves lives and this is where i can honor love hope strength um we were able to set up and become the force that we are in two years because of the groundwork they laid and i got to lay with them for over yeah. 10 years and they were they were really kind to us as they decided to do away with their outreach and knew I was going to go forward to do this. They gave us a lot of their infrastructure. They gave us a lot of folding tables. They gave us um, they gave us some tents, but it it was great. And I was like, hey, we just have to order the toppers with our logos on them. It ended up costing more to order the top. Yeah. <laughs> the metal but, apparently comes with it. <laughs> but it was really cool that they went out of the way to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so all honor to them. They are still a, a nonprofit and they are doing good things, mostly in, in, in Great Britain. Nice. Um, but um, never think. And here's the it's something we never even talked about. Another Vegas connection, which you'll love. Um, Adam um, from the faction. Uh, Steve Caballero and famous skate rock band. Adam was with, they yep. formed it when they were 14. They've yep. been together for. Um, Back in like 1978 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And Adam, um, Adam is the uh, president of our board of directors for the charity and, or whatever you call the, the head of the or chairman of the board. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, and uh, he owns I am records which is based in Vegas. And it was the original factions record label. He, gotcha. he put out their first single and he's kept doing stuff over the years. Not a whole lot, but he's really the last five, six years really brought I am back. And um, through I am, you can get a lot of the old faction stuff repressed and new and remastered and all sorts mm -hmm. of cool stuff. Um, you can get <laughs> my band, um, these roving years, which is, me, Adam, April from Sniper 66, and uh, Todd Daigle from King Rat did a project together. Um, we were on there. Um, I heard a rumor that a big Vegas band that I know you like, Isaac, yeah, yeah. is uh, maybe new album on I Am. Wow, and, uh, I know uh, the I Am is putting out one of our um, one of our friends' older album. Um, so look for that. And, but I reached out to Adam and I was like, so Adam with your record label, we're going to do a punk rock saves lives album. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> and so we're doing, uh, we're in the middle of we've volume two just got done. It's at pressing right now. People are waiting. We're expecting them in May. Um, I know there's probably about 50 copies of volume one left. Okay. Um, we're only doing a thousand of each one and bands have been incredible to donate. It's volume one has 
Anti-Flag Flogging Molly, uh, Descendants, Mercy Music, The Faction Themselves, um, Bouncing Souls. Uh, it's incredible. Look it up. If you're a vinyl collector, get one um, at IM Records with an S store.com. Two S's in a row. Yes. But um, get that. Uh, the proceeds do go to us. But it goes through IM and then he donates the money. It's pretty nice. rare. Um, we did volume two. It's going to come out. Uh, Living End is on it. Um, wow. Another Vegas band, Crimson Riot. Um, okay. Uh, da, 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 there's a bunch of really cool Venomous Pinks are on there. I always get bogged down. And uh, there's an unreleased Dead to Me track that no one that they gave us a song that has never been put out and they're not an active band at the moment. Yeah. That's cool. And, yeah. Really cool stuff. We're working. There will eventually be definitely five volumes. And if you get all five, you'll have an option to get Adam is a gigantic record collector. He has the best record collection in the world. And if I, next time I'm in Vegas, maybe I can take you to his house. It's something to behold. It's That'd be cool. thousand albums or more. Yeah. And um um but he's such a collector that for the fifth album there will also be a special edition foil box that all five will fit in. The box set, yeah. You have to show that you bought all five to get a chance to order that. Wow. Um so get in now. We're shooting for number three is uh gonna be all punk rock women or women led bands nice. produced by not only my wife, Tina, but the Mabel syndrome group are working with her on it. Uh, Leland, who's our artist relations manager and I are stepping back from number three. We want it to be all women powered. Nice. Um, incredible. And then volume four, we're getting bands already donating songs. Incredible. Um, wow. Then we'll work on five. So check that out. That's a good way you can support us and get a really cool vinyl. Yeah. Uh, we also have things online. Uh, you know, there's merch, there's T-shirts, there's buttons, there's stickers, all the cool stuff that punk rockers like, including like the hoodie I'm wearing. Yeah. yeah. Um, really good stuff. I think I live in our stuff half the time now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I got I got my own stuff now. It's not that great. I haven't got anybody to do my my designs yet, so I'm just like putting the logos on stuff. But yeah, I do the same thing. I'm like, this is the most comfortable thing I own, so I'm just gonna wear that. <laughs> yeah. And the cool thing is, we've learned from years of really bad. Um, bad hard T-shirts to order the good ones now. Yeah, yeah, like the stiff, itchy ones and the ones that make you sweat because the logo is all like yeah. sticky or whatever. Like that's yeah. gross. <laughs> yeah, we try not to do that. So, yeah. um, but you know, the bottom line is, we want to be a force for challenging our punk rockers to do good. Yeah, do something good every day, and yeah. it could be as simple as yelling across the fence. To your neighbor to say, "Hey, I haven't talked to you in a week or two. How you doing?" Yeah, that could be that one gesture could be amazing, and up into being someone's bone marrow donor to being, you know, a kidney or a liver donor or signing your donor card. And if something happened, oh, God forbid, something happened to you, your organs could help someone else live. Yeah, you know, there's so many things carrying Narcan and maybe saving a stranger's life. Uh, you never know. There's so many things that you can do to help. And we want to show the world that our punk rockers can do that. 
Yeah. And we do. I know I I've met so many punks that that want this avenue and want ways to do it. And maybe I'm the true believer and I'm okay with that. You know? Yeah. Obviously we'll put links to all this stuff up to get all the links. Cause we got tons of things we're going to link here. But um, if you're interested in any of the stuff that Rob's talked about so far, golf tournament, obviously doing any of the activations, uh, volunteering at any of the events, uh, you know, donating, buying charity, uh, you know, buying the, any of the merch, all that stuff for charity, getting one of the, the sound or the uh, compilation albums, We'll put links to all that stuff in the show notes. But, you know, before we go today, Rob, I feel like you're the perfect person to ask this question. But what kind of message would you offer someone who is struggling either mentally, physically or financially and feels like there's no hope for them? Bottom line, you're not alone. Yeah. Uh, we're here. There are people that listen. There are people that will talk. There are people that, you know, might might put a GoFundMe up for you or some. You yeah. never know. I've seen so much. I've seen our punk rock community do so much good. Um, you know, we're here in Denver and we've had a really challenging time. We had um, members of our tattoo community were just killed in that shooting spree that I'm sure you saw around the world. And yeah. um, we just had, you know, a lot of North uh, Denver towards Boulder destroyed by an, a fire. Uh, it was crazy. Yeah. All back to back to back to back. But the bottom line is I've seen our community come to life and in beautiful ways. They had an amazing concert uh, yesterday or Saturday for the families of the affected from the shootings and Denver's punk scene showed out. And I know that is in every city and every town. So never forget that there is someone that will listen to you. If you have to call my cell phone and it's on our website, if you need to call me in the middle of, I, I can't guarantee I'll answer because I, when as an old roadie, and I say this a lot, I sleep when I can sleep. Yeah. So if you ever see me an hour before a concert under a table sleeping, let me sleep. But then after that, I'm all yours. But yeah. if leave a message, I will get back to you. Someone will get back to you. Um, but don't give up. Don't, don't quit. There is, there's a lot of us out here and we care about you. We want, everybody has a value. And sometimes you don't, our mental, our mental health and our mental, there are mental illnesses that tell you that you're not. And we want you to know that you are, you're, you're loved, you're welcome, you're needed, you're appreciated. You're, and just live, we try to live a way to get that to you, to, yeah. And I think of, I think for a lot of people, it's just they don't feel like anybody understands what they're going through because they feel like it's it's just them, right? So, just having somebody else on another side of a communication, whether it's a forum, face a Facebook forum, or cell phone call, or email, or whatever, or you know, just talking to somebody at a, at a festival, you know, just getting somebody who acknowledges you exist and they, and they understand what you're going through, I think that's a huge huge step for a lot of people to take. And um, you know, I've I've actually had a couple of of nieces uh, attempt suicide recently, uh, both in, in high school and junior high age. And it's, it's crazy that, you know, this is something that they don't even share. And then all of a sudden they, they do it. And you're like, that's come out of nowhere to me because I don't live with them. I don't talk to them on a regular basis, but you know, it's one of those things that it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not the people that you always think it's going to be either. It's just somebody's going through something. And, and if they would just talk to somebody and find somebody, you would, 
see that this this actually matters and you know you could try to help them before it gets even worse yep and it's ultimately rooted all of this guys is rooted in music yep music can change the world and we 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 we're called punk rock saves lives but you might have been what if eminem spoke to you that way or it's all there there's you know there's so much that can do good and you're not alone and on the suicide side suicide's not hard for the person that commits suicide yes it's it's hard for us that you leave behind exactly we we don't want you to leave us behind we want we want to be there with you and we will do our best to always be here and there'll be someone hopefully there's 20 people behind me and hopefully there's 20 people behind each of them yep and it just there's there is a window there is someone that cares and it's it's tough and i'm getting a little choked up thinking about it but yeah. you know um breathe that's always the first step reach out and live life it's yeah. we want you around so awesome yeah, and if, you, if you are struggling, obviously check out the, the notes in the below the show notes below this uh, video to get some help. Uh, reach out to Rob, reach out to the organization, get whatever you can. Um, don't feel like you're alone. And obviously, you know, Rob, I want to thank you so much for your time today. Um, Punk Rock Saves Lives. You got to check them out. Um, again, for any of the stuff that we've talked about, there will be links below. So, Rob, again, thank you so much for the conversation today. If you haven't checked out the organization yet, go to the show notes below. If you like what you heard on the show today, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends on social media. You can also find the full interview, the video interview for this on YouTube as well. If you want to check out some of our written content or any of the products or merch that we have available, you can go to PoweredByRock.com to read you know, our absolutely free rocking blog full of album reviews, interviews, some cool lists. That'll keep you entertained as well. And you can find our gear uh, so you can pick up some items to look and play like a rock legend. That's our show for today. We'll see you soon for the next episode. Thanks, and until then, rock on.